Welcome to the Tried and Truly Podcast, where you'll find encouragement, community, and biblical truth from the God that truly never fails. Let's get started. Welcome to episode two of the Tried and Truly Podcast. I'm Michelle, and I'm here with Lori, and today we're going to chat about overcoming insecurities and how we, especially as women, I think, battle against this urge to compare ourselves to others. I'm so excited for another episode, but Michelle, I have to be honest with you. I'm actually feeling a little (laughs) insecure about talking about my insecurities, so... (laughs) How's that for keeping it real? (laughs) Well, then you're the perfect person to talk about this today. (laughs) So first, let's start with social media. Um, And this kind of, to me, goes along with like outward appearance and just the celebrity culture that we live in and that surrounds our lives, everything we do. Absolutely. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that I think it's a common struggle that most women have or have dealt with at some point in our lives. Um, We compare ourselves to people we've never met, like celebrities, the models in the magazines at the grocery store, (laughs) or we compare ourselves to people we do know that we see every day. And it really can fuel negative thoughts and then ultimately undervalue our worth. And I love 1 Samuel 16, 7. It says, the Lord does not look at things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at our heart. So instead of valuing our outward appearance and worrying about things we see on social media, things in celebrity culture, how do you think we can really like shift our mindset to focus on the heart? Okay, so I have an easy example on this one. I'm going to make it real personal for you, Michelle. Great. (laughs) (laughs) So last time in our first episode, we briefly mentioned that we had met through small group. And you were actually invited to small group through our leader, Lindsay. And I've never met you before. And I actually, I don't think you knew anybody else in small group. I didn't. So for you and Kevin, it was kind of meeting small group like a blind date. I did what probably most people would do. And as soon as I got your name, I looked you up on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, who is this new couple joining our small group? But I can just remember so vividly our first small group together. And, you know, you and Kevin were walking in church hand in hand. And I immediately started (laughs) devaluing myself. Flashback to that cute Facebook, you know, family photo. And all of a sudden, I'm like, here's this really cute couple. Um, how are they going to fit in? Are they going to like me? They probably know so much more about the Bible than I know. I've always wanted to be that tall. Why am I only five two? <laughs> so it's just this constant, like already without even saying hello to you, I yes. started discrediting my worth out the gate. And, you know, then, you know, sat down and met you over the last two years. And you and Kevin are just an amazing addition to our small group. I'm very thankful for having you in my life. But it's interesting because as I get to know you, you're not perfect. And you have insecurities too. Um, And we can really connect on that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's so funny that we came in holding hands because it just shows how nervous we were <laughs> walking in because <laughs> we don't typically hold hands in real life. 
<laughs> except if we're really scared. <laughs> so that's really funny to me. But I had the same insecurities walking into church that day to meet you guys because I felt like everyone else in here is going to be so knowledgeable about the Bible. I'm going to feel so out of my league here. And the rest is history. Like you guys made us feel super comfortable. But yeah, you're absolutely right. It shows like the spiral that our minds can go to Mm -hmm. when we're meeting someone new and we're feeling insecure. We both felt the same way. (laughs) But yeah, we both acted like we didn't feel scared at all, you know? (laughs) I think going back to the social media piece and, you know, looking people up on Facebook and I do the same thing. And I don't think I had your name. So I I don't know if I was able to look you up on Facebook or not, but I probably went home and stalked everybody in the group afterwards. (laughs) But I know for me, it can be a very slippery slope. I can say there are many times that I've just fallen into the black hole of just scrolling Facebook. And how many times after have I felt better about my own self and my own life after 30 minutes of mindless scrolling? Not many times. And oftentimes I find myself picking on my phone and I automatically just go to Facebook or some celebrity site like people.com. That used to be like a favorite on my phone. And I was like, why are they saying this is my favorite? I don't go to this very often, but clearly I was visiting it all the time. (laughs) I didn't Um, even know there was a people.com app. Oh. Is there? Well, I just go to the website. I'm not not that bad. I don't have the app, but I... (laughs) (laughs) But my my internet knows that I'm going there when I type in a P. They're like, people.com, yes. (laughs) So I had to like delete my history to pretend that I didn't have a people.com obsession. (laughs) But we find ourselves comparing ourselves to others. And I think that awareness really is the first step for me in finding a solution to the problem. And one of the things I put on my phone, I have the Holy Bible app. There's Bible plans you can do about any kind of topic about comparison and security. (laughs) You can find everything on there. So I put that Bible app in a more prominent place on my phone and kind of like hid the other apps that I would frequent so that I see it so much more often. And I think it goes back to like, putting on the armor of God, looking at the Bible app when I wake up in the morning versus immediately checking Facebook. Mm. So that later in the day, when I do inevitably go on Facebook or go with people.com, wherever it is, I've become a little more secure in my own identity by putting on the armor of God and remembering like, ultimately, what should my focus be? It shouldn't be on Facebook or on other things like that. It can be on God. And that's been really helpful for me. I feel totally convicted when you were saying that because all of a sudden I like pictured myself at night. What's the last thing I look at? Facebook. Mm -hmm. It's 1030. Well, actually, I'm a night owl. So it's really like 1130. I'm looking at Facebook at 1130 at night. And then I wake up in the morning at six. And the first thing I do. I look at Facebook. It's like, what possibly happened (laughs) between 11.30 at night and 6 o'clock in the morning that I really need to be concerned with? You you never know. You got to (laughs) check. I think what we really need to do in these situations is, like you said, find the encouragement Mm -hmm. from the Bible. And I, I love Psalms 139, 14, because the psalmist is singing a praise song to God about recognizing his worth. It says, I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. And then if we read the exact same thing in the NLT, it says, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. 
And to me, that's like hashtag confidence goals. Yes. Right there. <laughs> the psalmist is singing a praise to God for the fact that God made him so wonderful. And so the question is like, how do we get there? I don't think it's realistic that we're never going to feel insecure or have an insecure moment. But I really think it's about having that moment, capturing it, and moving on from there. Replace that with knowing how wonderfully complex we are and how God intended us to be uniquely us Mm -hmm. and move on. Let it go. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, too, when we think about our insecurities and like how we don't maybe match up to someone else. It's almost like we're saying to God, oh, why didn't you make me this way? Or why didn't you make me that way? And he made us the way we're intended to be. So I think it's also really important to keep in perspective what we're looking at when we're scrolling people's Facebook, Instagram, whatever social media account it may be, to keep in mind that that's that person's absolute best pictures they can put up there. (laughs) And for me, I know that's the case. I don't put the tantrums or the bad days in my house on Facebook. I like to put our smiling, happy faces. And I love the quote from Pastor Steve Furtick. And he says, the reason we struggle with insecurity is because we compare our behind the scenes with everyone else's highlight reel. Mm -hmm. So I don't expect people to put all their bad days on Facebook, but I should also keep that in perspective when I'm looking at it. It's it's the highlight reel and I can't compare it to my everyday, you know? So <laughs> it's just to keep that in mind is, I think, really helpful. Yeah. So we've kind of tackled the outward appearance, but let's let's talk about Michelle. You know, as we were talking about insecurities, one of the things you shared is really around parenting yes. and insecurities where, there. Yeah. Yeah. So I personally fall into the comparison trap and care what others think of me way too often when it comes to parenting. Compare myself to other moms and compare their kids to my kids. Of course, their kids always to me appear to be perfectly well-behaved listening the first time. (laughs) And I'll give you a perfect example. Um, Recently, we were at a birthday party and the kids were all playing while the adults chatted. And all of a sudden, I hear my kiddo yell at another kid, stop it. I've had enough. (laughs) And he was trying to put together this toy and the other kid was trying to play with him, but he had a specific way of doing it. And so my immediate reaction wasn't like, oh no, you know, he's having a tough time. I should keep an eye on that and see what's going on. My reaction was embarrassment. Mm. And inside I was, honestly, I was feeling mad at my son because he was acting in this way that was embarrassing me in front of friends. And we all know the phrase, stop it, I've had enough, is probably one he picked up (laughs) from a frustrated parent. Um, You were Kevin. Which one? Oh, it was obviously (laughs) Kevin. It would never be me. (laughs) But I was so embarrassed that others would think that I was a bad mom and had no control of my child. And take that situation and now let's put it in the perspective from God's point of view. And I think My heavenly father is looking down on me at this point, and he's reacting to my embarrassment. And I'm wondering, in hindsight now, what would he think of my reaction? And would he be embarrassed? I don't think he would be. I think he would look at me with love and with grace. And 
really our goal is to be more godlike. We are made in his image and we have all the tools and the guidance we need in his word. I love Galatians 1:10. Paul is talking to the people of Galatia and he is upset at them because they have quickly turned away from Jesus and are focused on a different gospel. Paul says, "Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ." Guilty. Yeah. How many times do we think about what other people think instead of thinking about what God thinks? I can, Michelle, totally relate to the parenting struggle and comparing my parenting skills to, you know, other parents and comparing my kids to their kids. Right. And assuming that my children's behavior reflects on how good I am as a parent or my worth as a parent. And actually, my kids are older than yours. My oldest just turned 18, officially an adult, um, last week. And then our youngest is nine. So you'd think after being a parent for 18 years, (laughs) I'd have it figured out. But I don't. I really think we need to find an expert on our next time. We need a parenting expert. (laughs) We need someone to come join us. (laughs) This is a cry for help. (laughs) Yes. If you are a parenting expert out there, we have a third (laughs) mic ready for you. (laughs) Get in contact with us. But um, last week, so my oldest is a senior. And last week, we just started the process of, you know, college, filling out applications for college. And that process automatically filled me with insecurities. I'm thinking to myself, did I push my kid hard enough to get the good grades? Did I invest enough energy and time to the sports and the extracurricular activities? Mm-hmm. Right. D- did we save enough money for college? What if my <laughs> kid, yeah, what if she wants to go to a college that we just can't afford? Um, so it was really a trap for insecurities. And, you know, I'm realizing I'm working through this right now today. I'm realizing that me focusing on what I feel insecure about and comparing my parenting skills in this season to other parents also registering kids for college, I'm missing out on this opportunity to teach my child a heavenly lesson. Mm, You know, I talk about being confident in our faith, but I need to demonstrate that because where she ends up going to college is not going to be a surprise to God. He already knows that. Mm -hmm. It's part of God's plan. And so I need to demonstrate that we should be trusting in that plan. And we should not be praying that we get to the college we want to go to, but instead praying that we get to the college that God wants her to go to. Praying for discernment on that decision. And then also praying for peace. Because what if his plan doesn't line up where we think she wants to go or she thinks she wants to go. Like we should have peace in that. And there's a lot of times in life as an adult where she's going to experience that her plan doesn't always line up to God's plan, but his plan is bigger and greater Mm -hmm. and more powerful than anything we can imagine. So I just think as parents, regardless if you have little ones or big ones, that so many times we focus on comparing ourselves to others as parents, that we miss out on this opportunity to teach our kids heavenly lessons. Yeah, that is such a good point, Lori. And it's bringing me right back to my story of the birthday party. And helps me to realize I missed out on that opportunity to teach my kiddo how to react to someone with grace and kindness instead of worrying about my own feelings of embarrassment and being concerned about how we looked to other people. 
It reminds me of 1 Samuel, which I mentioned earlier, where we are told that human beings look at the outward appearance while God looks at the heart. And I definitely at that birthday party missed out on the chance to look at my kiddo's heart. Uh, Good lesson, but you're not alone, Michelle. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about another insecurity that I have. Um, And it really stems around insecurity about my knowledge Mm -hmm. and how that stacks up to other people in the workplace. And so in my role, I have an opportunity to go into meetings on a daily basis with people I describe as really fancy people. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like they either have this fancy last name that everybody in the community knows. Maybe they went to this prestigious college. They have more degrees and letters after their name than we probably do letters in the alphabet. (laughs) (laughs) You know, or years of experience that I don't have. And so I'm walking into these meetings and I immediately start to feel insecure, again, devaluing myself because I don't have that. Or maybe I feel like I lack that. But I think it's important to kind of step back and recognize that Satan is at work in this. That is really a root of these insecurities. Like Mm -hmm. we have these insecurities, but Satan puts a lot of effort into exploiting those because he wants to separate us from God. And he's really good at it. Mm -hmm. And I can fall into that very, very quickly. And so it's important that, you know, every day I put on the armor of God. What I mean by that is, you know, pre-COVID, right, I would be driving to work. So it was a short car ride. Now I actually do it when I have my final cup of coffee. But I just sit there and I look at my calendar. I think through my calendar, what meetings do I have? Where am I going to feel insecure today? And I invite God into that moment. So I just start praying through my day is what I call it in the car ride. Don't worry, I don't close my eyes. (laughs) But I do pray out loud and like, give me humble confidence. Let me walk into these meetings, remembering that I have only one true judge. As much as I want people to like me, and as much as I want people to think that I'm really smart and really talented, at the end of the day, I'm a child of God. Mm -hmm. And that's one judge. So I can't get too consumed and worried about what other people might think of me or other people might not think that I'm smart enough, good enough, talented enough. And when I think of the armor of God, it really, I mean, it comes from Ephesians. If you aren't familiar with Ephesians, I just encourage you to go out there and take a read um, of Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. And the reason I love this is I'm a super visual person, mm-hmm. right? And so the words of Ephesians 6 really breaks it down. They give me a picture of what does it mean to put on the armor of God. And it specifically talks about put on a belt of truth around your waist, right? Wear the breastplate of righteousness, you know, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. And I visually see myself going yeah. to war, right? <laughs> As I walk into those meetings. Yeah. And it just gives me a different mindset and a different perspective. I work really, really hard, but at the end of the day, I'm still a child of God. That's awesome. I love that. I think, Lori, even though, you know, you're in the workplace, I'm in my home as a stay-at-home mom. We are living different day-to-day lives, mm-hmm. but we have such commonalities yeah. in those feelings of insecurity. And I definitely struggle with the same worry of not being enough sometimes. But 
like you reminded us earlier, God created you and me and everybody out there to be this amazing masterpiece. And I think being able to remind yourself of that with that armor of God that you put on, reminding ourselves who we are in God's eyes and not who we are in other people's eyes. And I have this sign that I tape up in my kitchen cabinet and it's entitled Who I Am in Christ. Perfect. And it just reminds me of all the different things that I am, fearfully and wonderfully made, salt of the earth, light of the world, sealed for redemption, made in God's image and saved by his grace. Like, and it goes on. But it just is such a good reminder whenever you're kind of feeling not enough or you're feeling down, take a look and remember who you are in God's eyes and ingrain that in your mind Mm -hmm. instead of all our insecurities that we tend to focus on. So I have to share a story with you. So I just told you, I I try and pray through my day, think about my meetings, make sure I invite God into those places. Well, I think it was Tuesday of this week. I was running really behind. I didn't have that opportunity, right? I was already 10 minutes late. So I just jump into my day and I have this meeting that, you know, I did online. There were about 50, 60 people on the call and I had really gone over the same topic and two times last week. So I was kind of like, I got this type attitude. (laughs) Um, So I didn't do my invite God in my place. So go to this meeting. All of a sudden, we're having technical issues. The team couldn't get the PowerPoint (laughs) to pull up. So I played it cool right away, you know, started doing the chit chat, all calm and collected. You can only do that for so long. Right. Because the system would not pull it up. And I'm telling you, minutes went by. And as the minutes went by, I just continued to look at that list of names of all those 50, 60 people on the call. Waiting for you. So then I decide I'm just going to wing it. I'm just going to wing the meeting. So I start in and do it. And thankfully, you know, a few more minutes into it, the PowerPoint pulled up. But I'll tell you what, I was a mess. I couldn't pull it back together. And the reason I couldn't pull it back together is I had already shifted my mindset. And I'm Mm -hmm. already in like, these 60 people think I'm a flake. (laughs) I'm already thinking, I am representing my team on this call, right? They put a lot of work into this. And Mm -hmm. here I am their speaker and I'm making it look like they didn't do a good job. (laughs) So I have all these negative thoughts and finally got over. I'm telling you how bad the meeting was, Michelle. (laughs) It was so bad. I thought Jesus let the skies open and take me home (laughs) right now. (laughs) But it finished. It was over. And the first thing I did was hang up the phone and call one of my colleagues who I know is a Christian. She was on the call. She heard me completely, <laughs> you know, mess up. And she gave me encouragement. I, I knew exactly who I needed to hear. Yes. I knew exactly the words I needed to hear, awesome. which was, you are a child of God. Let it go. <laughs> Feel insecure. You totally bombed. You failed. Now move along. Yeah. Go on to the next day. I love that. It's never as it, bad as you think it is. It was pretty rough, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> The reason I share that story is not to embarrass myself and definitely not to imply that, hey, you just pray before a meeting and it you knock it out of the park. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but I share that because I want to highlight two important things. So one, you know, I left that meeting remembering my deep dependence on God. And that's not a bad thing. Sometimes our flops and failures in life point us back to God. And that's a heavenly thing. And number two, you know, 
as soon as I hung up that call, feeling insecure and embarrassed, I called my friend, my colleague, who really spoke truth into my life. You know, we need godly women in our life to, one, hold us accountable when we're falling into insecurities and comparison, and number two, to hold us up when we fail and to see our value through the eyes of God. So today we talked a lot about the comparisons that we often fall into and some ways to combat them, but I think we can look at comparisons from a different angle that's a little more positive. I was thinking, what if we stopped comparing ourselves to other people, social media photos, magazine covers, and all those fancy people in your workplace, Lori, and instead started comparing ourselves to that one perfect example that we have who can lead us in every area of our life, Jesus. So what if we looked at our own lives and compared them to Jesus and thought about what he would do instead of worrying about what others do or think? So this brought me back to eighth grade when those What Would Jesus Do bracelets were super cool. And I went to a Catholic school. The so WWDJ. maybe WWJD. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Those bracelets were so cool. What if everyone still wore those bracelets? Yeah. Well, just so you know, I wasn't in eighth grade. I was a grown adult <laughs> in the military when those came out. So Still cool. We got to get some of those yeah. on order. <laughs> Put your bracelet on, guys. We're bringing that bracelet back. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Tried and Truly Podcast. Please subscribe and check us out at triedandtrulypodcast.com to connect with us, see our show notes, and much more. See you next time.